Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. You may remember that in episode 39, Stash the Cash, we talked about different cash accounts you can use for short-term savings goals, like savings accounts, CDs, and money market accounts. This left some of you asking, what about other savings vehicles, like healthcare savings accounts or retirement savings and more? So today, we'll talk about the question, What account should I consider if I want to save more? I put a free handy checklist that you can download from my website at moneypilotadvisor.com. Okay, so let's dive right into the first category. Foundational savings that we covered in the Stash the Cash episode. We're talking about an emergency fund here. For a couple where both of you are working, you may want to set aside three months of living expenses to cover big unexpected expenses that might come up. If you're single or a couple living off of one income, setting aside six months of living expenses may be more appropriate. You want to stash this cash somewhere safe, like a savings or checking account, in order to earn a little bit more on your savings without taking on more risk You could try certificates of deposit or CDs or a money market account. They're both great options. One area many people don't really think about for savings are health care savings accounts offered by employers. These aren't available, unfortunately, to our military service members insured with TRICARE. Many civilian employees offer these, And the Federal Employee Health Benefits, or FEHB, plan offers these as options as well. These special savings accounts allow you to put pre-tax dollars in them directly from your paycheck. So you don't pay income tax or payroll tax, that is Social Security and Medicare tax, on those earnings. As long as you use the funds to pay eligible medical expenses... You won't pay tax on the money when you draw it out either. With the Flexible Savings Account, or FSA, you can make a tax-deductible contribution of $2,750 to your FSA, and your employer can make contributions to your account as well. You can then use these funds to pay for medical, dental, and vision care costs but you have to remember to spend the money in your FSA each year because you can't carry it over from year to year. Employers can offer a grace period of two and a half months or allow you to carry forward $500, but they aren't required to. So if you choose an FSA, get up to speed on the rules and remember it's use it or lose it. Okay, but don't confuse the FSA with the HSA, which is the health savings account. 
With an HSA, you can contribute up to $3,600 if you're single or $7,200 for a family, plus an additional $1,000 if you're age 55 or older. HSAs are kind of special. First, you can only have an HSA if you're in a high deductible health plan. You have no other health coverage and you aren't enrolled in Medicare. So again, this is not available to those of you on TRICARE. Many civilian employers offer high deductible health plan options, as well as FEHB. HSAs are a great tax-preferred vehicle. Like an FSA, contributions you put in are exempt from tax. But with an HSA, you can carry over your balance from year to year. Your savings are invested and grow tax-free and also are not taxed when you withdraw the money from your HSA for medical expenses. If you still have money left over in your HSA when you reach age 65, you can withdraw it for any reason and it's still tax-free. It's the triple crown of tax-free and a great long-term saving option if a high deductible health plan fits your needs. But HSAs aren't for everyone. The financial benefit of a high deductible health plan's low premium and high deductible structure depends on your personal situation. To open an HSA, your health plan deductible must be at least $1,400 for an individual and $2,800 for a family. And it must also have an annual out-of-pocket maximum of $7,000 for self-coverage and $14,000 for families. The maximum caps out your out-of-pocket expenses at a pretty high level. So you have to be able to pay those high expenses you should consider keeping at least that max out-of-pocket amount in your HSA and or emergency savings to cover you if you have a big expense. Okay, the next type of account to consider if you're trying to save more is a retirement savings account. You may have a retirement plan that you can contribute to offered by your employer, like a 401k, 403b, or the thrift savings plan. First priority, really try to contribute enough to max out any match offered by your employer. For our FERS federal employees and BRS military service members, that means contributing at least 5% of your pay. Think of that as a minimum. For many people, contributing only 5% over your career may not be enough to fund your retirement. CSRS feds and non-BRS military can contribute to TSP, but don't get a match. Everyone else, check with your employer to see if they offer a match and what you need to contribute to get it. Everyone can contribute up to $19,500 a year, or $26,000 if you're over 50. You don't pay income tax on regular contributions now, so that's an instant savings. If you contribute to a Roth TSP or Roth 401k, you do pay tax on your contributions going in, but later in retirement, it comes out tax-free. 
So you save on taxes either way, either now or later. Still have money to save or invest for retirement? Everyone with earned income can contribute to an individual retirement account, or IRA, up to $6,000 a year or $7,000 if you're over age 50. If you're a couple with only one income, you can save up to the max for each of you. For example, if you and your spouse are under age 50 and one of you earns more than $12,000 a year, you can contribute up to $6,000 to an IRA for the working spouse and up to $6,000 a year for the non-working spouse. This is a great way for a non-working spouse to build up retirement savings. Like TSP, IRAs come in regular flavor and Roth flavor. There's a lot to it, but you can get the whole lowdown in my podcast episodes 28, Meet Roth, 29, Roth IRA, and episode 30, To Roth or Not to Roth. So go ahead and check those out if you've got any questions at all. All right, the next category I've got called Accounts to Help Future Generations. Are you thinking of saving for you or your dependent to go to college? Consider using a 529 savings plan, which are offered by almost every state. Anyone can contribute up to $15,000 a year without having to pay gift tax. Withdrawals from your 529s are tax-free if used for qualified education expenses. If one beneficiary, like one of your children, doesn't use the benefit, you can change the beneficiary to someone else, including yourself, your spouse, or another child. If in the end, no one needs it for education expenses, you can pull your money out, but you will have to pay tax on it then and a 10% penalty. You can use a 529 account to pay for college in any state, but you should be sure to check out your home state 529 program because many states also offer other incentives to sweeten the pot. So it's worth checking out the details for your state. They may offer a state income tax deduction or a credit as well as other incentives. For example, Maryland offers a state income tax deduction of up to $2,500 or will add $500 a year to a 529 account for lower and middle income families. If your state doesn't have an income tax or offer any other special benefits, it may still be worthwhile to save for college to a 529 account, even if it's in another state. Are you considering saving even more money to fund future generations? You can consider setting up a trust for minor children or grandchildren. The details of setting up trusts is way beyond today's podcast. They're generally more costly to set up and maintain than other savings options we've talked about so far. And there are some special income tax rules, in particular the kitty tax to consider. If you'd like to explore these options, it's probably a good time to get some professional help, like from a financial planner. Our last category of savings is tax-deferred insurance. That is either buying an annuity or buying a cash value life policy, like whole life or universal life insurance. I feel like both these, though, should come with a warning label. 
They're not necessarily bad savings vehicles, but they offer large commissions to the agent that sells them, and all too often are sold to people when they are not appropriate. With an annuity, you either pay a lump sum of money up front or make payments over a number of years. Then the insurance company guarantees you a set monthly benefit that it pays you back for a certain number of years or until you die. This payout is set and does not rise with inflation. In particular, an annuity may not be appropriate for federal employees and military who will be receiving a pension, which is already a form of annuity and which does increase with inflation. The cash value life insurance policies have fees that erode their value as a savings vehicle. So again, if you're considering an annuity or cash value life insurance, this would be a great time to get a second professional opinion from a financial planner to see if other savings vehicles and or cheaper term life insurance may better fit your particular needs. All right, the last category is sort of, sort of a roll-up of other accounts. One is to consider a taxable brokerage account. Long-term gains, which is the profit from the sale of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds that you hold for at least one year, are taxed at a lower rate than your income. And generally, you can take your money and use it when and where you want without a penalty. These accounts are good if you are willing to take some risk, plan to leave the money there for at least a year, and would like to earn more return than cash accounts. Setting up these accounts doesn't have to be intimidating. You can usually set up an account online with a low-fee mutual fund company directly like Vanguard or Betterment, which helps you invest in low-cost ETFs or exchange-traded funds. Even bigger name brokerage houses like Charles Schwab have simple low-fee options. If you want someone else to handle it all for you or advice on what to invest in, this is another good time to call a fee-only financial planner or advisor. Okay, so to wrap this up today, when you're wondering what account should I consider if I want to save more, there are lots of options. For foundational savings like emergency funds or money you need in the short term, look for places to park your cash like savings accounts, CDs, and money market accounts. If your employer offers it, healthcare savings plans like flexible saving accounts and health savings accounts can save you on taxes and may include employer contributions. Employer retirement plans like 401k, 403b, and the TSP are great tax advantage tools to save long-term for retirement. Be sure to invest at least enough to get any company match if offered. Already maxed out your contributions to these plans or don't have access to one? An IRA is another great retirement savings vehicle. For education savings, Check out your state's 529 plan. All offer a federal tax break, and many have state tax breaks or other incentives. Lastly, if you're still looking for a way to save more, consider investing through a mutual fund company directly or open a taxable brokerage account. Shop around 
These accounts are becoming simpler and cheaper to open and use. And again, annuities and whole life and universal life insurance can be beneficial in certain circumstances, but beware they may not be the best option for you. They have high fees and are difficult to undo without a steep cost. It's well worth getting a second opinion before sinking your money into these. All right, if, again, if you'd like a free copy of the What Account Should I Consider If I Want to Save More, just hold, head over to my website at moneypilotadvisor.com. And we'll talk again next week. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.